Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. This is our last in the series called Life Struggles, and I want to talk to you about wearing out. Anybody ever feel worn out? We're going to talk about wear and tear, and so I'm going to give you this opportunity. Do anybody want to renew uh, your warranty on your car before we get going? No, not really. Uh, it seems always somebody thinks my car is wearing out. But, uh, you know, in this life, everything seems to wear out. I have a five-year-old, and every now and then, when she was a little younger, she would always have these questions about, like, why did that tree die, or why did this happen, or who, why, you know, how come someone who's old is in the hospital longer than someone who's young? And so we have to explain, well, when you're older, it just gets rough. <laughs> uh, you wear out. This, this, the, everything in this world decays. Your house wears out and decays. Your car wears out and decays. Your shoes, your clothes, even our bodies, somebody say amen, seem to wear out and decay. And I don't know what happens, but one, at one moment you feel like you're on the up and up, and then something happens, and then you feel like everything else is just down. Uh, and I don't know if the, when that age is, but I think I'm finding it, that you are on the up, and then anybody else feel like, man, I guess I'm on the down now. But everything wears out. God said to Adam, you're dust, and to dust you shall return. Sometimes our bodies feel like a worn-out piece of clothing, a worn-out garment. And I looked up worn-out, it means to feel depleted, drained, maybe even done in. Worn-out. I'm depleted, I'm drained. You know, some people in this life, I look at them, they, man, they age well. Some people, not so much. Uh, but all of us, in the middle of all that, we're going to all have struggles, we're going to feel worn out at times. You're going to have to deal with pain and problems, maybe some pills. You're going to go through times where you feel like you're going through uh, sickness or surgeries, maybe even conditions or cancers, because life wears us out. And that physical weariness can come into your life. It can cause emotional weariness and even spiritual uh, weariness. Feeble bodies can cause feeble faith, and this is worn out. So Jesus says, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. And Luke says, strength. He says, love the Lord with all your strength. And how do I love God if I don't have very much strength? And what an appropriate song that we just sang. When I don't have anything else, I can just sing a hallelujah. When, I, when there's nothing left, what can I give to God? So if my strength isn't strong, how can I worship? Can I worship in weariness? Can I have faith when I'm feeble? And so a few years ago in my previous church, I was a young pastor just learning how to do hospital visits. And so there was this, uh, one of our elders of the church, uh, she was a short uh, fireball, man. She was 80-something years old, and she was a powerhouse of worship, and she could shout with the best of them, and she just exuded faith. And so it was at the, towards the end of her life, and her health had gone down, and she was having some heart issues. And they told her she's going to have to have open heart surgery. And so I, uh, it was my rotation to go that day. So I go uh, to the hospital, and I go behind the ICU right before the pre-op. And I'm there, just the surgeons and the doctors and, and, and the husband and me. And I begin to pray with her and her husband. And, and these are elders to me. These are people I deeply respect, and, and I know they have a heritage in the Lord. And, and as I begin to tell her, ma'am, you may not come out of this, this so say goodbye to your husband just in case. And I saw this woman who I deeply respected just begin to cry and plead with her husband not to let her do the surgery. And I'll be honest, it disturbed me. I went back from that thinking, how can I, what happened here? I thought this was a rock of a woman. And, and I went to my pastor and he said, you know, Heath, sometimes even as we age, as we get older, we have to remember the early things. 
to, like David said, forget none of his benefits, to remind yourself again and again who the Lord is. And I recognize today that, man, we're all human. Even the best of us will struggle at times. And I'm proud to say that she recovered from that, and years went on, a few years went by, and she died peacefully in the Lord. She's up there shouting hallelujah with Jesus today. And she's a giant in my book. And I'm human. I don't know about you, but anybody else human? I struggle at times to encourage my faith, to build up my faith in the Lord. And that was our verse we opened with this morning, Psalms 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits, who pardons all. Somebody say all. All your iniquities or your sin, who heals all, say it all again, all your diseases, which in the Hebrew there is painful diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And a legend in the ancient world had that as an eagle molted its feathers, it was as if it was born again. It was its youth returned. And David is saying, I know a God in the middle of the what and the how and the why, and I'm not certain how everything goes on, I remember the who, that he is a God who satisfies my life on this side of eternity and after eternity. He pardons my iniquities for there, but he also satisfies my life now with good things. I see the favor of God on this side of eternity and on that side of eternity. That's how good he is. That's who he is. He's not just wanting to save your eternal soul. He will work in your life right here, right now. How say amen to that. He's not a God that just saves you and leaves you alone. David said, he's fought with me in battles. He's healed my diseases. He's been in my family. He's blessed my life. I can sense him here and now, and I know he's not forsaken me. Who is God? So I have one goal today. That's just to remind you and build up your faith of who he is and how much he loves you. When I remember how much he loves me, I recognize how much he's willing to still yet work on my behalf. So he pardons, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies. So when you go through weakness, will you go through it without losing your worship? Where will your faith be when you're feeble? And how will your spirit be when you're sick? And when you go through sickness, will you keep hope even when you still need a healing? And I'm going to give you a disclaimer because anytime I talk about God working in our bodies, I want to say this, that we believe in this church in doctors and medicine. We believe that you need to take care of your body. You need to rest. We believe that aging is a natural process, that my body is going to ultimately wear out one day unless Jesus comes. I acknowledge that great saints of God have gone on before and gone home to Jesus through sickness and infirmities. And I believe that saints sometimes are called to glorify Jesus through suffering and trials and tribulations for his name's sake. And I also believe that my whole redemption is paid for on the cross and is my ultimate redemption is going to come when he comes back and I get a new glorified body. There's a new healing coming, right? But I also know that in the gospel and in the church, the early church, that Jesus was spirit-led and he was empowered and every single person who came to him for a healing of a physical sickness or a spiritual sickness, he did not turn one person away. It says in many cases he healed them all. And that reminds me who he is. So I know what he's willing to do. And he commanded his church to go out and do the same. You see, God is good, and he is sure to get you to his promised land. Man, he is going to get you to the promised land. And people who trust his word never wear out. Somebody say amen. 
People who trust His Word never wear out. I, I can go through all kinds of things, but I don't have to wear out. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. If you're there, somebody say, Amen. I'm going to give you the Word in the wilderness, the Word in the flesh, and the Word today. The Word in the wilderness, the Word in the flesh, and the Word today. Here's the first part is the Word in the wilderness. People who trust in His Word never wear out. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Moses is, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, Life feels like a wilderness, even like you're navigating a wilderness of sin. Fortunately for us, it's not literal uh, like it was for Israel. They literally were on a journey through the wilderness of sin. And here's what Moses says to remind them after they're done. He says, You shall remember all the way in which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. He humbled you, and He let you be hungry. But he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. The Word of God. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Man, that's a good verse for getting old, right? My feet don't swell in Jesus. Can you imagine? You're dry, you're, you're walking through a wilderness one place a year for 40 years in the middle of the hottest part of the Middle East, in the desert of Sinai, in the wilderness of sin, and you are there living this, uh, learning this lesson. And Moses says, God was teaching you to trust that His Word supplies. He has brought you through the baptism of the, of the Red Sea. He has clothed you with fire at night and cloud by day. He's providing water from a rock that follows you. He's given you manna on the dew every day. And in Exodus 15, uh, Moses, right before they begin this whole journey, God says to Israel, before he's provided even the Ten Commandments, he says, if you trust me and obey my word, listen to my word. Listen to my word in this wilderness. He says, I will not put on you all the diseases that I put on Egypt, all the things. Egypt was known, not only, uh, now we're talking about the ten plagues, but Egypt had tumors and boils in this ancient world that often plagued that nation. He says, I won't put on you all the diseases of Egypt. You'll go through this wilderness with no Walgreens, no CVS, come on, you know doctors, no prescription medication, no EpiPens for bee stings. You're going to go through this and you're going to see, I the Lord am your healer. I'm going to feed you with manna. I'm going to give you water from a rock. I'm going to provide your, your weapons of warfare. The battle's not yours. It's mine. He says, I'm going to get you to the promised land. That's a good thing. Man, That God is so good. He knows how to get you to His promises. It wasn't just about getting out of Egypt. It was about getting all the way in the place that God had promised to take them. And the Bible says that everything that happened to Moses in Israel is a type and shadow. It's a foretelling of what God was going to do through Jesus Christ. Moses says, I'm teaching you that His Word gives both physical and spiritual water, physical and spiritual food, physical and spiritual healing, physical and spiritual protection, because God cares about you. The Old Testament would continue to prove who God is over and over, like David. Don't forget who He is. Over and over again, don't forget who Israel always keeps, I don't know what was wrong with them, but they kept forgetting. Everything that God says, they just kept forgetting. He's like, don't forget this. Throughout the entire rest of the Old Testament, they would begin to learn His Word. His Word would remind them of who He was. God would prove Himself a healer of broken hearts, a healer of broken bodies, a healer of broken souls. He would heal nations. He would heal lands. He would heal their economy and their fortune. 
He would tell them how to have natural healing through the law, inner healing through their hearts, but also even times supernatural healing. Abraham would pray for uh, a king and he would be healed. Moses would pray for Miriam. She would be healed. Elisha uh, to Naaman would all see a healing. Supernatural. And then there's supernatural strength. Caleb, that's one of my favorite stories. 85-year-old dude goes back in, takes on a, giant, a, giant, a city of giants. I just think about him like Don Quixote. He's just a little dude on a donkey just charging in at 85 years old. And God gives him, an 85-year-old man, strength to slay a city of giants. That's because God is his strength. You think about Samson. How could he kill a thousand Philistines by himself with a donkey bone? How could Elijah outrun a chariot on foot? Because the Lord was showing them something. I'm your strength. I'm your strength. You know, if you go through this wilderness we call life on your own, if you try to do this with your own power and your own provision, if you try to do this with your own wisdom and your own works, you try to do this your own way, you are going to wear out. You're going to wear out. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through difficult seasons and circumstances. Doesn't mean the Lord's not going to walk you through some wildernesses, put you in some fiery furnaces for His glory and His namesake. But it does mean He's going to be there with you. Come on, somebody. Amen. He's going to be there with you. He knows how to get you to His promise. He knows how to glorify His name. And those who rely on the Word never wear out. I love that he says, I was even concerned about your clothing. They didn't have Walmarts and dollar stores like we do every three miles. You know, there was no Dollar Generals and Dollar Trees and Family Dollars. There was nothing. He says, but your clothes. Can, he, Moses said, guys, don't you think about it. He didn't just give you manna. Did you even notice none of y'all have had to buy a pair of sneakers in 40 years? I have two girls. We buy sneakers like every month, it seems. I don't know how this happens. They just outgrow them, and then they're dirty, and it's just gone. But it, for 40 years, can you imagine never having to go buy clothes? Because it never wore out. And I'm thinking about this and saying, God, how you care about the little things in our life, how you demonstrated your love for them. And I, this is a type and shadow of how they were baptized and clothed with fire and power and walked this wilderness called sin. And you made it sure that they were going to get to the promise. How much more through Jesus Christ can I trust? I'm going to get to the promised land. There's nothing he doesn't care about you go through. Remember what uh, Jesus said? Even the birds, even the lilies are clothed with more splendor than even Solomon. And if he cares about that, how much more does he care about you? You don't have to wear out. I don't have to wear out. I don't have to feel depleted and drained. Because there was a word in the wilderness, but then there became a word in the flesh. That word, that same word that was spoken to Moses came alive in the person, Jesus. Jesus steps onto this earth. The Word, John says, became flesh and tabernacled among us, the same way it tabernacled with Moses. Dwelt, that's what that word means, tabernacled. John would write it just like he knew what he was writing. He would say, that Word that was with Moses and tabernacled in the midst of them came, and he began to tabernacle and dwell with us. And that Word became flesh, and we beheld his glory. And Jesus would reveal himself as our own Moses, our own Savior, our shepherd, our leader. He'd be the bread of life. He says, I'm the water, the living water you're thirsting for. I'm the rock on which everything is built upon. And yeah, he's still our healer. Look at Matthew 4, 23. It says that Jesus was going through all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every. Somebody say every. Healing every kind. Of, I'm only saying this to build your faith. Healing every kind of disease, every kind of sickness among the people. 
And news about him spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought him all, all who were ill, those who were suffering with various diseases, pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Another one says, all. He healed them all. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. Matthew would look at this moment in Matthew 8, verse 17. He says, when I saw this, Matthew says, when I saw that this word became flesh and what, I, what Moses had saw in the wilderness became alive in us in this generation, and this word became flesh, and he was telling us he's going to get us to the promised land. We don't have to wear out in this life. And Matthew says, this was what was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. He was quoting what we quote for Easter in Psalm, uh, Isaiah 53. Surely our griefs, that word in the Hebrew actually means this. It means illnesses or afflictions. Surely our illness or our afflictions, Isaiah 53 verse 4. He himself bore our sorrows. That means pain or anguishes he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. That means rebellion. He was crushed for our iniquities, that means sin, and the chastening for our well-being or our peace, our wholeness, our well-being was held upon him. And he says, by his scourging, or stripes, King James, we are healed. And that word in the Hebrew means a recovery after a sickness. In any case, if you look that word right there up in the Hebrew, it always is re referencing a physical sickness. Now, in Scripture, God is a healer of bodies. He's a healer of minds. He's a healer of souls. He's a healer of lands. But do you know that in the New Testament, in the New Testament, I looked every single verse up for healing this week, of 68 accounts when the gospel writers and the epistle writers wrote the word healing, only, let me see, just to make sure, and only in every single time, 68 uses, there are only five that are not about physical healing. Only five of 68. That's pretty good odds. That's 93%. 93% of the time the apostles were writing about healing, it was about physical healing, and how God could still work, still today, miracles in your body. Does he always? Do I understand all the mysteries of it? No. But I have to have faith in who he is. I'm looking back at the word in the wilderness. I'm looking at the word in the flesh. And I know that Jesus that day was demonstrating to them, if I can heal your body, I can heal your soul. If I can heal your body, I can heal your heart. Jesus came to deal with the root issue like a doctor. He doesn't just want to deal with the symptoms, but he wants to deal with the root cause. What's the root cause of this? It was a sin sickness in all of our heart. Isaiah say in both and. He carried away all of our infirmities, our transgressions, our diseases, but it also by his stripes we are healed. We get new resurrected bodies through this thing. It's not just a temporary thing. It's not just a soul-saving thing, but it's a whole-saving thing. You know that your body is not something that God's just going to get rid of. He's going to take your body, transform it, renew it, and use the same thing, but give you a new body up in heaven. It doesn't just start over. You know that? He, he re reforms it. He metamorphosizes it, Paul says. So Jesus is a holistic healer. He's there to heal all parts of you, no matter where you are, however you're worn out today. Do you have faith in who he is? I love what the song, Joy to the Lord, uh, Joy to the World. Remember it says, far as the curse is found, he touches you. He deals with every aspect of the curse. Sin and sickness all come from the same curse, our fall. See, the same word in the wilderness healed every type of illness. It cured every type of disease. It relieved every single pain. Remember, he healed Peter's mom and her headache. He cared about little things, little things. He cared about their shoes. He cared about a mother-in-law's headache. 
Why? He wants to show you who he is. It's not about what he can do. It's for you to recognize who is this God that I serve? Who is he? And does he care about me? Matthew 9, remember what Jesus said? He says to the religious people who want to fight over doctrine, he says, you know, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? He says, just so you know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he says to the paralytic, get up, pick up your bed, and go home. And we think, oh, of course he can do that. He's Jesus. He can save sins. Yeah, but here's my, my contrast today. Sometimes in the atmosphere of faith that we have in the modern church, when we have so much medicine, so much doctors, I believe in all those things, it is easier for us to say that God can save someone versus heal their bodies. Is that not true? We think, oh, yeah, many people can come down here and get saved. Everybody who raises their hands, he's going to save them. Well, if he can save their eternal soul from damnation, because he applied the atoning work of his own son and he left glory, ransomed his life, and purchased you from the pit of hell, and he can't heal a headache? Is he the same God still? Is he not the same God? Why in the world do we pray for people in hospitals? Why do we have prayer chains? Why do we have prayer meetings? If we think it's easier for God to save a soul versus God to save a body, is he not still the same word? Is he not still the same God? I'm speaking this to myself to remind myself who he is, like David said, forget none of his benefits. Forget his character, his love. Is he the same God? See, when he began to look at all these people, Jesus, this word made flesh in Matthew 9, this is all from Matthew, he says, uh, Matthew says, he felt compassion because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. They were going through their wilderness and wearing out. He said, man, those people are wearing out. They're worn out. And I know I'm going to redeem them like on the last day, like he said to Mary and Martha about their brother. But right then, he had to act. Man, his compassion wouldn't let him. He could have passed all of them by and said, don't, don't worry about it, everybody. I'm going to die on the cross for you. I'll deal with your body on the last day. His compassion wouldn't let him pass them by. He'd get interrupted. I got to deal with them, and I love that person so much. I die, I'm going to die for that person in just a few days. I know I'm going to save them. Their body's going to be healed on the last day. I mean, I'm going to raise them from the dead. I'm going to call their name by name. And the angel shouts, man, I'm going to call their body up out of the pit of death. I'm going to get them. But I can't not hear their cry right now. Do you understand his love for you? And Jesus says to the woman who with the issue of blood who comes by him to touch him, daughter, your faith in who he is saves you. Go in peace. It was about who he is. It's about who he is. He doesn't want anyone to go through this wilderness wearing out. And every time a mute uh, was uh, speaking, every time the cripple was restored, every time lame people were walking, every time blind people were seeing, the crowds, Matthew 15 says, continue to glorify the God of Israel. Does God not desire the same thing today? What has changed? Be honest. What has changed? Has God changed or has society changed? Has God changed or have we changed? Have we failed to believe that God is still so loving, so compassionate that we've forgotten his benefits? So that's the word of the wilderness, the word of the flesh, and lastly, close to this, the word of today. Maybe you're here today and you're wearing out. I want you to know there's hope. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 says, you know that we know this earthly tent that we have, this leather structure, this thing that we're wearing. He says it's it's all wearing out. He says that 
When we live in this tent, it's going to be taken down. That is when we die and we leave this earthly body. But I have a house that's in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God Himself and not by human hands. He says, we grow weary in our present bodies, but we long to put on heavenly bodies like new clothing. We will put on heavenly bodies. We'll not be without, we won't be spiritualists without bodies. But when we live in these earthly bodies, we're groaning and sighing. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies, that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. You see, there is this blessed hope we have in Jesus Christ that when Christ died on the cross, He died for the whole you, mind, body, and soul. And that we have a blessed hope, Paul says, that we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, when the last trumpet sounds. Man, we're going to be caught up together with all who are alive and remaining. Uh, those who are dead will go first. We who are alive and remain, caught up with them together to be always with the Lord. That's your hope. That's my hope. I am going to be healed. I'm going to make it to the promised land. Jesus has provided a way for you to make it. Somebody say amen. amen. You don't have to go through this without hope. You're wearing out. There's hope. Number two is you're wearing out today. There's still healing. God's going to get you to the promised land. You feel like, Lord, I'm not going to make it. God, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know where my body's at. You don't know where my family's at. Just like Israel, there's healing on the way. For those who are worn, distressed, dispirited, Luke 9 says he sent all of his followers out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Mark 16, before Jesus died, or before he left, ascended, he died and came back, gave him the commission. He says, these signs are going to accompany those who've believed. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They'll lay on, hands on the sick and they will recover. God's not scared of glorifying Himself. He loves to give His Son glory. He loves to inspire faith. He loves to see people saved. James says, let's establish something in the church, calling for elders. James chapter 5, he says, any among you sick, he should pray. Call for the elders of the church. They'll pray over you, anointing you with oil. They'll pray the prayer of faith, and the sick will be healed. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. And so he says, confess your sins to one another and be praying for one another. God cares about where you're at and what you're going through. Do I understand all the mysteries of healing? No. But it's not about faith in a healing. It's about faith in a healer. Come on, somebody. It's not about faith in a healing. That's God's job. I just have faith in a healer. I don't understand it all, but I know that healing is performed by God and for the glory of God. And whether I see it like I want to see it in my day and time now, it doesn't mean anything because I believe in the Word of God. The same word that was yesterday is today and is forever. Amen in Jesus Christ. And so we hold on to faith more than we see what we see around us. Jesus said, church, nothing's going to be impossible. Paul was preaching one day and he, as he preached, there was a man who was lame sitting in maybe the front. And nobody else was believing anything he was saying, but he looked and he saw a man and the spirit quickened Paul and it says that he saw the man had faith to be healed. And Paul said in the middle of this religious crowd who didn't think God still worked that way anymore, he says stand up and walk. I think we have an atmosphere of unbelief in the church world today, separated by doctrines of divisions. And I'm not interested in all the divisions, I'm just interested in the one who. Who is. It's about his love. Andrew Murray said it this way before I close, he said, 
If we fulfill the conditions, He fulfills the promise. What He is to be to us depends on what we are to be to Him. Draw near to God, He draw near to you. Jesus says, ask what you will, but the condition is, if you abide in me. See, if you surrender yourself entirely to the Lord, he said, do not be discouraged if God does not answer quickly. Just skip beyond your doubt. Get to him. It's all about him. It's all about him. Who is he to you? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? We're in a life struggle today. Some of us in this room, no doubt, are listening online, are feeling worn out, depleted, dispirited. You're walking through the wilderness of life, and you're not sure you're going to make it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He is a God who pardons. He is a God who heals. He is a God who renews. Isaiah said it this way, he gives strength to the weary, to him who lacks might, he increases in power. And though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men can stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow faint.